If you're a listener of the show or follow my Insta account, then you know I'm a huge fan of what Instagram can do for your business. But I also know that it is tough to keep up, even if you have staff who could hypothetically do it for you. At my clinic, we outsource our marketing with Molly Cahill's team. So unfortunately, her agency is full at the moment, but that doesn't mean you can't work with Molly. She has something called the Holistic Marketing Hub, and it is a hybrid done with you program. And it's a one-stop shop for chiropractors and other health and wellness pros to not only learn how to use Instagram effectively, but also includes a massive content library of copy and paste chiropractic and other health captions. It has everything you need for you and your team to up your marketing game while not spending all your time coming up with new ideas. So what if you want to hire someone though to do your marketing for you? You're going to love this. She created a detailed job description with a training schedule, deliverables, and even sample pay rate. So let's say you have a mom in your practice who loves your clinic and is looking for something she can do from home. This is perfect. You can grab the free job description even if you don't join the Holistic Marketing Hub at mollycahill.com forward slash she slays. If you do decide to join the hub, make sure to use code she slays for $200 off. Hey, She Slays listeners, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. And I am your co-host, not Dr. Kirby Brunswick. Still not a doctor. Still not a doctor, Kirby. What if I get like an honorary PhD someday? Well, isn't it interesting to think that if you would have just started chiropractic school when I started the podcast, you'd be a doctor by now? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I'd, I don't think I'd be a good doctor. You though. lazy ass motherfucker. <laughs> you just think if I'd have started chiropractic school when you started the podcast, you wouldn't have a podcast anymore. Because you'd have had to figure all that stuff out because I'd have been busy. Well, that's not true. I think we all know that I would have still made you, it still would have <laughs> happened. Um, okay, get so degrees. <laughs> I was busy editing a podcast. I'm sorry, professor. <laughs> have you heard of my wife? Oh, uh, you know, what would have been the actual like hardest part is sending you to that school. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, like with the kids and stuff, it's not like I would have been flying down to Georgia mm -hmm. for school every week. It'd have to be a commute situation to the closest school. 
I think that you can still get a very, like, I think they deliver a great education. I just think mm -hmm. that, you know, when we were just at um, UAC a couple of weeks ago, I realized that you need to read the green books. Oh, me personally. Yeah. Cause yeah, uh, I've never read which, it, but you who was, who was sharing it? And they read it and I was like, oh my God, they're talking about like Jesus and spirit. I think like, it was I Jen got, Temple. Yeah. I was very excited. I was like, dang, that's what's in the green books. Mm -hmm. like, I could get down with that. Oh yeah. Like me personally, I walked out of my philosophy, first philosophy class that I ever did in like undergrad and i was like this is bullshit um and i can like handle people reading paragraphs of mm -hmm. philosophy to me and i'm like yeah that's good but like you you could read a whole book yeah i got in an argument with my philosophy professor when i was a freshman in college and i still think i'm right and that they didn't understand the text as well as i did does not surprise me at all okay so this is a special episode um, this is episode number 250. And we, so I put out a poll asking people if they wanted us to share our biggest mistakes or a hold no, no holds bar, no holds bar. That's no holds barred. Whole, oh no, that's what it is. Yeah. So it's in reference to like a fight. So like normally you'd say like in UFC now, it's like, okay, this is everything, but no biting, no punching in the crotch, no scratching. So like, or if there's a wrestling match and they go like, you can't do a suplex, like that's a hold that they're barring you from doing. So if it's a full oh, out so fight, no holds, no holds barred. <laughs> okay. So like, there's no like holds on a person that are, that are banned. Yep. yep. Who knew? Like really who knew? Unless Nobody there's some knew. other explanation. I guess I've never had it explained to me. That's just what the words mean in my head. Why did they sense. say barred instead of banned? I don't know. Good question. So you don't really know. Oh, okay. So now I wonder how many people, when I put out on my poll and I put no holds bar. Hmm. It's a good name for a bar. Anyways. So people wanted the mistakes, but then I did get multiple people saying like, uh, I would like that Q and A. So we'll, we'll have to do that at a different point. Yes. But, and yes. And um, we'll make that episode 300. There we go. Always need. Oh my God. Oh, so I think I can tell the story because nobody there listens. Speaking of like just episodes forever and ever ago. So um, somebody I know through Instagram. So, okay. One of my best friends, other best friends started a podcast, nothing to do with oh. her. And I was like super excited for, you know, the idea. Cause it's cool. People starting podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's great. And after six episodes, she posts on her Instagram, like, what should I talk about next month on the podcast? And I, I sent it to Kirby and gave him the backstory. I'm like, this is, she's done. She is six episodes in and she is, this is uh, crowdsourcing. Be a long, this long is going to be a, a long ass. I give it episode 50. I bet she's done by then. Well, and I mean, that's even nothing against that person. No, like, it has nothing to do with it. it I don't even know this hard. person that well. It's just like, I wanted to tell my best friend, reach out to your other best friend. She's not doing well. You just got to find a different, you got to get right in questions or start bringing on a bunch of guests or just realize that this is never ending and difficult. Yeah. So anyway, so episode 300, we will we'll do the Q&A. Um, but this one, Mistakes. So we actually recorded, ironically, on our sixth episode, 
the five biggest mistakes we'd made in practice so far? Yep. So that would have been July of 2019. And Kirby could have um, gone to chiropractic school. Could have gone to chiropractic school. I was I was just listening to it uh, today. Some uh, highlights from that episode, not necessarily the content. We could talk about the content too. One, terrible audio. Like Is we it? didn't have Jacob. We didn't have good. We actually say like we... Uh, just got a new mic, which is probably our first Yeti mic. Uh, we realized that I must have been on some other episode before too, uh, because we referenced when the you fact too quiet. That, that I was too quiet. So we had me sitting right next to the microphone and you sitting four feet away so that we could be heard in normal balance. <laughs> um, it was the first time we recognized that Lauren didn't understand what the tick or the tour at the end of chiropractic oh, was. Teacher of innate chiropractic is the tick right? And then I'm not sure. I, I still am not sure if the acronym actually means that I think people have shoehorned that in, but I think like tick is like the, the power that is doing it. And the tour is the person that is delivering the adjustment is what I was reading while I was researching this episode after I heard us talk about that. Cause someone did give us acronyms, yeah. but there's different theories on if it's actually an acronym or if it's like, the power is the tick, the doer, the deliverer of the adjustment is the tour. So you can do things that are good for the tour that aren't necessarily good for the tick. Like if you're just like, I'm going to sell mushroom coffee, good for the tour, making money. Does it actually move the tick? Like, does it give the tick the glory? Interesting. All right. Got it. Um, what other? Hold on. Hold, hold on. Yeah. I no. More, more notes here. Yes. I think it might have been my first full episode. I think I may have been in like a half a year or something because you reference like people are finally going to get to know you. Um, oh, how cute. Also, it was uh, recorded on a Friday afternoon mm -hmm. and we were drinking gin and sodas, happy houring during the thing. So we brought that back. Oh, the camera can't. What's really funny is both of us have green screens and we're holding up our gin and sodas and they're disappearing. You know, uh, get, cheers to you, honey. For just the audio yeah. listeners. Oh, which I gave up drinking for Lent, but this is in the rules. So Yeah, you, you limited your drinking to only 10 days during Lent. Which sounds terrible. When it was like, out of 40, I'm only going to drink on 10 of them. But anybody who's judging me doesn't live in Wisconsin, so screw you. What else from the episode? Um, okay. Do you want to hear what our mistakes were that we uh, yeah. did in the first one? I mean, okay. race through them because I think we should encourage people to go back and listen to episode six and how cute oh, and yeah. young we are. It, it, it's actually a really solid episode. I loved listening to it. Um, well, number of course one, it was. We had, we had a ton of people listening right out of the gate. We were amazing. That's how we, that's how we got here. Um, number one was that you didn't go to seminars or have a philosophy so that mm -hmm. you didn't have like an idea of what you wanted to stand for or yep. how you wanted to practice. Just kind Love of being that. a chameleon, figuring things out. Yep. Um, number two. Jen Tempo uh, at UAC just had a great line around that, where it's like, if you don't know what you stand for, then you will fall for what everybody else stands for. Exactly. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, number two, uh, wish we would have hired a coach right away. Uh, we built mm -hmm. so many of our own systems and just didn't have it figured out number but three can i just say that? i'm sorry i don't mean to keep interrupting you but yeah you do um but i just found out from my human design that my human design requires i learn on my own like i cannot and confirm i can't i cannot really take other people's advice and like 
I mean, I listen to advice, but like, I really just, I think it's part of the reason that I take action so quickly is I know that once I I need that feedback, like I'm not Mm -hmm. really going to have all the information until we start like trying it out. So I think that makes sense for you take advice and action when you've gone to do something. So it's very different for you to have paid to go to a conference and then someone tells you something and you go, oh, that's amazing. We have to do that. If I just say it on like a Tuesday afternoon, like you didn't do anything for it. So you didn't discover it. Right. Like, but if you went to a conference and heard someone, so I think I just need to start hosting conferences <laughs> that you pay me to go to. And then I can there tell you like what we need to do. having TED Talks in our living room. And he's like, do you want to come? And I'm like, um, I'm actually 85% of the way through this book. So I'm going <laughs> to, Charlie, you want to come? Dad, not really. No, Charlie doesn't love my philosophizing either. A whole other um, way that you feel not seen in our family. <laughs> it's okay. God sees me. Number three was uh, not defining success and always chasing numbers. So like thinking like once we get to 100, it'll be good. Once we get to 250, it'll be good. Once we get to 500, it'll be good. Oh, I thought um, I learned not... that lesson back in episode six, huh? <laughs> yeah. How cute. Totally. You totally learned that. You did, never did that again. Never did it again. Number four was um, student loans. Uh, on your side, it was not understanding the value of the money and borrowing too much during chiropractic mm-hmm. school and not like having a job and being tied to mm-hmm. what real money is. And for me, it was in that first year, just not understanding how the program worked of like, oh, the interest is still running. I thought like you were going to be nice to us. And then number five was uh, ditching the ego, understanding that like we're in it together, that it's not just your practice. We not ditched it. Fit. Not the being last offended four and a half years have people, been so uh, smooth without that ego. Anymore. Not taking a patient's leaving personally, which you totally don't do anymore. You, uh-huh. every patient who leaves, you just say, go with God and you yeah. move on. I mean, really, it's incredible the things that I had let go and solved four years ago. I don't uh-huh. think we claim to have solved them. I think we have just awareness around it. Yes, we are still aware. I'm <laughs> very aware. My therapy makes it very aware. Okay. Well, go back and listen to episode six. Just cuties. Like, Just little babies. I wish we'd have recorded it. I want to know what we looked like back then. Oh, I was like, like Kirby, we literally did record it. It's episode six. What is wrong with you? No, we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have Jacob yet. So I know. Um, what? What advice would you go back and give those little episode six people? Mm, look for progress, not perfection. You're getting better, but you're never going to eliminate some of these things. Check back in with yourself on these issues and make a plan. And even if things don't go to plan, at least you set your sights on something at one point. Mm, that's good. How about you? I got nothing. I've been like, bitch, you don't grow that much over the next four years. Like, <laughs> wait, you, yeah, we did grow over the next four years. It was just a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> okay, let's pray and let's get to the five mistakes we've made in the last four hours. <laughs> All right. Dear God, uh, thank you for moments like this where we get to reflect back and see the lessons we've learned and see the lessons we are still learning. 
Um, thank you for moments of reflection where we um, get to see what we need and and that we have the capability to grow and change. Um, help us to keep all these changes and growth and decisions through the lens of what you want and what you want for us and how we can help those around us. Um, and help us to be humble and appreciative that everyone makes mistakes and that we're never going to be perfect, but we can always make progress uh, for those around us and for your glory. In your name we pray. Right. Amen. Amen. I should warn you, my ADHD is like raging today. So this oh, that's perfect for podcasting. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't that's mind. Fun. I don't mind going long. So um, I'm just going to end up talking about aliens. Who would have thought that we would still be praying on episodes? I like that we are. Me too. I just I don't know. I guess I didn't really put much thought into like why that was going to happen on episode one. Like I've never prayed before um, shifts or anything like that because it felt mm -hmm. like pushy on my employees, but push it on the listeners. I think you said from day one of like, I know that might be weird. I might know you might not like it, but this is my podcast and I want to do it. And fuck off, motherfuckers. All right. Meditation and all the prayers. <laughs> Number. Oh my gosh. I would love a bloopers reel of like, so I, this is what I want you to make for me as a present. So I want you to go back and like start, like basically make a prayer from all of my prayers, but like include all the weird ass shit that I have incorporated into a prayer. That would make me happy. Jacob, can you do like that for me? 72 hours of work. But okay, let's get on with this. Mistake okay. number one. So these are mistakes we have made since, since our last mistakes we made episode. <laughs> These are not mistakes we didn't talk about. These are more mistakes that we just kept making. Uh, number one, and I think this is one that is we've probably known, but has hit home a lot more recently as we've been focusing on it, is not hiring slash inspiring A players. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to preface this of this is not a bash to any of our former employees, like I no. genuinely, I've genuinely liked almost everyone who has ever worked for us. Almost. They passed the, I would go get a drink with them test. Almost. They are smart, capable people. Uh, oh, trying to get the video to show your drink. No, I'm just oh, saying almost, like. Almost everyone. Yeah. We, we've had people that we didn't love. Like, yeah, this comes down to for our business. Like I yeah. think. I think they're, every person has some zone of genius that they can operate as an A player in some place. This falls on us as owners and leaders that we either weren't patient enough or weren't diligent enough to hire people who are truly A players, or we didn't like lead them enough. Or, or I think there, there may be examples where we maybe had people who could have been and we didn't fully inspire or set expectations or whatever to. No, I do agree with all that. Your nice little like political statement. That's it is true um, because I think that everyone can be an A player at a certain job. And so when we're mm -hmm. talking about A players, it's like these are people that they're so capable and on fire for the mission of the business. They're often going to get twice as much done, if not three times as much done as a B or C player. And that's like a thing that we like this whole a player thing 
we got from TRP. So like that's yeah. the phrasing behind it. But like, um, yeah. So again, I do agree that like these people weren't bad at all. They were wonderful, kind people. That is why we hired them. But we hired from a place of they like we didn't look at the entirety of the job that we needed them to fill and go, will they check every box? Mm-hmm. So like there were some people that was like, they love our clinic and they are smiley. Right. Do they know anything about balancing accounts or having difficult conversations? I don't know. I can teach it. Like, can I? Did I? No. You know, like, so just, I think that that replicated out 10 different times of just, um, they had, we focused on their strengths Mm-hmm. and really ignored areas where they may not have been strong and what that was going to do to our clinic. And even if we saw like, oh, they won't necessarily be the person that, that can do this for our clinic, we then, um, it, we just kind of like need it. We needed hands. Yeah. Um, and that just bites you in the ass. It really does. Um, well, and I think part of the needing hands too, uh, you can disagree with me here is I feel like at times we've hired for our people who are busy, our people who we know and we trust and we love, like the people who we have seen BA players, they were busy. And so we thought we needed to alleviate their busyness mm-hmm. instead of fix our systems and make them more productive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do more with their time. So we were like, and also like, you don't want to lose your people that you love. So like, if it's anything of we're going to do any kind of schedule change, we're going to open Fridays, we're going to open Saturdays. Now it's like, well, we can't ask the OGs to work Saturday. So we need someone. Yeah. So then it gets into like needing the hands. And I also think like one of the things at, at TRP too, when they were talking about A and B players is like, you need to have a vision and an inspiration for them to be a players. And also you need to show them your example as an Mm -hmm. A player. And like, that's the, you know, like they were asking everyone in the room and I think it was kind of directed towards the, the CAs in the room of like, are you an A player, C player, a B player, an A player. But I took a personal of like, Oh, I'm, I'm trying to hire a players. I'm trying to get a players to do all the work at the clinic. And then it's like, I go to a meeting and we go, we need this tracking spreadsheet and then I forget about it till the next meeting. And then I go like, oh yeah, I should, I'll, I'll get that done. I'm not, I'm not an A player half the time in the clinic. So mm-hmm. like, and like, yeah, we are going to train these people on all this stuff. And then we kind of do, we kind of don't, we don't actually follow up to double check and measure if they've learned what we needed them to learn. Like there've been times where we weren't A leaders and still going like, why can't we find any A players? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, the people who are Bs in our clinic at times maybe could have been A's, like not many, but like, I think there's one or two that it's like, did we drop the ball there? Yeah, absolutely. Like was us being like, gosh, we hired so many people, they should figure it out. It's like, you want them to figure out your business for you while making $35,000 a year? Like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Like. Yeah. And so then I think the repercussions of hiring, not the perfect person that is driven and motivated, then kind of rolls into the next problem that we created for ourselves: a profitability garbage can. 
Yeah. So like, I think number two is not fully appreciating profit and kind of a side thing of that, of like borrowing ideas from other clinics or other coaching groups or whatever, without running it through the lens of like, will that work? Not just work for our clinic. Will that work for our business? Mm -hmm. Like our business that we want to make money at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it's really easy to see a model. And I, I think people do it too, of like, they do it with Walmart of like, we're going to get the most amount of products at the lowest price. And that's going to get people in. And that's how we're going to run a business. And it's like, you don't realize that Walmart is not a retail company. They are a logistics company. Like the reason they can have the lowest prices is because they have the lowest cost labor because they have the most automated system possible of tracking everything. And they have a huge footprint, like, and they have, they know where their customers are. They know what their customers can pay. Everything is run like a huge business. And the result of that is that they can do low prices. Mm -hmm. If you don't have Walmart's full model, then you're not going to be able to compete with Walmart on price. And I think we've done that with different things of incorporating different systems, um, different pricing models, where we're modeling after other clinics that are in different areas with different clientele, with different staffing and picking issues. And choosing what part we took. So yeah. like not taking everything that they do to make that clinic successful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not, not adding in all the education they do to keep super, super loyal patients, just copying one model of like pricing or something. And then just being like, why isn't this working? It's like, well, we didn't do it all. We didn't look at it as true business owners. And I think to get to a broader issue of, I think we went down the rabbit hole of, we wanted to, and this came from a really good place. We wanted to help the most people, help the people who we thought needed it the most. And like, it's like step one, help the most people. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. Like we did. Yeah. Profit really was an well, because in the beginning, there was so much profit. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, it was just me mm -hmm. and a really small space and a single CA. And so, you know, like we didn't really resonate with people who are like, oh, I didn't start bringing a paycheck home. Like we were bringing money home fast. Oh, still to this day, our most profitable year was when you had one CA yeah, and we were like just- Year three. Yeah. Year two. Like that, year two. that's our most profitable. It's not our biggest revenue year, not even no. close, but that was our most like just money in the pocket. Yep. 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 Yeah. Right before, right when we still, we needed that first associate and yeah. But so then like what happens is, is as you just, you just don't think that I don't even know if there's not conversations, there's starting to be conversations about profitability in chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I think it's good. I think that I feel like a previous, there's just been a lot of chiros who have been led to believe that if their heart is in the right place, then it's all going to work out. And that is sad because ideally that would be the case, but it's not always, it's not always you can, you know, if the math doesn't math, you can only sustain, you can only pay your bills. You can only, 
be in this state of fight or flight for so long where you are financially struggling and trying to keep your doors open and carrying the burden of other people's jobs and like it quickly becomes clear how the phrase like heal the healer mm -hmm. shows up is because it's like where you're functioning from if you're not financially stable the idea like this is maslow's hierarchy of needs if you are not financially stable like if you are worried that you are literally not going to be able to pay your bills you're not going to be able to pay your rent or your mortgage or for your kids to have, get classes like you can't be worried about other people's needs before that and i think that's the thing that kairos do very wrong is like you how dare you worry about yourself you went into a certain if you're going in with a servant attitude then well i mean i would i would take it even even farther of like it's not just the attitude it's the people feel the stress of anything so like we had a point where we were carrying a lot of extra employees, more employees than we needed. So it wasn't truly profitable for us to have that many. And so we could say like, but we love our employees and we want to keep them around and we're going to figure this out. Um, and that's, that's what's best for them. But it wasn't best for them. Like they could feel our stress. They could feel our need to go like, hey, we're barely, we're barely staying afloat here. Like you need to figure out how to get more patients. You need to figure out how we keep more patients. You guys need to be doing more. You need to find projects. Like it wasn't a good, like we have a different problem now. Like our, we have less CAs and they're busy, they're productive and they have stress in that. But they also know that if we grow, if we get more patients, there's more room for them. Mm -hmm. There's more room for them to have raises. There's more room for them to get trained into new roles. Whereas before it was like, you just need to make more money so you, you can all keep your jobs. Yeah. And that's not a good vibe to be around. That's mm -hmm. not a, a situation that you want people to have to be in day in, day out. I have a sub point to this mistake. So it's like 2B. That the Disney experience that you can literally fix retention issues if you just have enough CAs to deliver a magical front desk experience, that that can replace table talk. It cannot. Mm. The value of the adjustment has to like, and so I think that, that it just goes along with this profitability and so many employees of like, well, we have an employee who will like our employees will walk you out to your car with an umbrella and this and that. And it's like, well, that sounds nice. That sounds great. I would love that. But that means that you have an employee who's, you know, basically like waiting for opportunities to just, and that's, that's cool. But well, and, and the patient still quits, but they just send you a nicer goodbye letter of like, yeah. I'm so sorry, we can't afford this right now, but you guys were so great. Yes. Yeah. Like so what you want is nicer resignation letters from patients. Yeah. Do that. So it comes down to like, you can have I mean, yay for customer experience, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. of course, but customer experience is never going to make up for shitty table talk. Yeah, or shitty education. Right. Like, they can love coming, but if if at the end that pain keeps coming back and they don't understand the philosophy of chiropractic of like, you know, are you taking care of your body? Are you talking to your doctor about, you know, why is this happening? Is there more you know, toxic thoughts or foods in your life, if, if they haven't learned any of that, then they just go like, eh, it's not working. Nice right. people. Bye. Yep. 
As a chiropractor who's deeply passionate about providing the best care, I've got a secret weapon I want to share with you. Genesis Chiropractic Software. My journey with Genesis started 13 years ago, and back then I was juggling insurance claims and Genesis was a lifesaver. It streamlined the whole insurance process, making it seamless and stress-free. But here's the kicker. Even after I transitioned to a cash-based practice, Genesis continued to be an indispensable part of my clinics. Why do I stick with Genesis? Because it's more than just software. It's a comprehensive solution that adapts to your practice's needs. When I went from one clinic to two, it could have been a logistical nightmare. But thanks to Genesis being cloud-based, I can manage both clinics effortlessly, anytime, anywhere. It keeps me on top of my patient records and provides invaluable data to analyze the health of my clinics. The insights help me make informed decisions to continually improve. And now I'm excited to offer something special to my She Slays listeners. When you visit genesischiropracticsoftware.com forward slash She Slays, you'll get an exclusive discount on Genesis Chiropractic Software. Whether you're dealing with insurance or running a cash-based practice, Genesis is the versatile tool that will elevate your chiropractic business. So don't wait, take your practice to the next level. Head over to genesischiropracticsoftware.com forward slash She Slays for your exclusive discount. Trust me, with Genesis, you're not just surviving in your practice, you're thriving. Hey, She Slayers, real quick. If you're in the scaling stage of practice and your clinic is looking for an associate, be sure to check out advertising on my Instagram and Facebook socials page. It can take months and months to find the right fit for your clinic, and posting anywhere and everywhere you can can shorten the amount of time that that takes. So in addition to posting on Facebook groups and state association classifieds, Get your ad viewed by thousands of chiropractic students and new grads who follow She Slays the Day. Click the link below to apply for next month's ad. We only take nine each month and it's first come, first serve. And if you're a student or new grad who wants to make sure you get those monthly ads, click the other link below to make sure you get each month's new job listings delivered straight to your inbox. Back to the episode. All right, next. Duplicating is not the same as scaling. Oh, yeah. God, these hurt. Um, <laughs> these, these suck. Can we take a break? Uh, I'm just going to take, take a some sip of your drink. Yeah. So I think that scaling is something that is thrown around. Like, where are you at? Are you in your startup? Or are you in your scaling phase? And when you're seeing 50 people a week, scaling often means you're looking to a hundred a week mm. and a hundred a week turns in to like, yes, we're, you know, we're making 200,000. I don't know the math on what a hundred a week clinic, you know, whatever we're making $250,000 and we're seeing a hundred a week. Um, I want to make $500,000. So we have to double that. And so like, so often in the beginning, you don't like when you were seeing zero people before you open your doors, you don't really know if your systems and procedures are scalable. Like you haven't mm. done it. You haven't felt it. You're often, you know, because like the people who are doing scalable systems have people, like they have more money than they have time. But when you're first yeah. starting out, you don't have money, you have time. And so you create all these systems based on your time. And then like, you don't realize like, just again, the math, not mathing at a certain point, you don't go like, okay, should we, do we just keep doubling this? Or do we need to start looking at our, are our systems scalable? And I don't really know where 
we should have done it? Like, was it before you bring on the first doctor? Is it after you bring on the first associate? Is it when we opened the second clinic? Like, because I was I, still I working in both. I, th I think it's a little bit of all of it. I think there's part of it is understanding and having right expectations for scaling, because I think a lot of docs go, and it's what you did, of going like, well, I, by the time we hired our first associate, you were seeing like 300, 325 a week by yourself. So you go, okay, so I'm going to hire an associate and then we can see another 300 people. Right. No, you can't. Nope. That associate does not own their own business and is not making hundreds of thousands of dollars. They are not going to, for $70,000, see 325 people a week and break themselves. They're also not as good of a salesman as you. They're not as invested in the marketing. They're not as invested in anything. Like, and they shouldn't be like, this isn't right. a diss against associates. You're paying them $70,000. They should hopefully be excited about your mission. Hopefully be very excited about getting patients in and delivering the best adjustment and communication and education they can. But if you're thinking of scaling as like, well, I'm going to double me. No, you're going to a third to a half you if you're mm, a rock star a like entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, so that's part of the scaling is another person doesn't equal double the production. Then I also think with the systems, the systems change and how you need to scale changes as you go. So you can have you and a CA and however you kludge it together is fine because you guys all know it. Like you don't, mm. you, the training program is you teaching them. Mm -hmm. And now you've got an extra set of hands. Once you get to two CAs, three CAs, now it's not only how CA1 does it, it's how do we do it. And if there's a problem, who do you go back to? How do you communicate? How do you keep things in check? Then there's a different scaling problem of when you go to a second clinic. It's how do we keep our entire system going? Like, because the last thing you want is the patients to know any of this. Like that's kind of always been our standard. We have two clinics, two locations, but you you live in Cumberland, but you happen to be in Rice Lake today getting groceries or going to Menards, you can stop in the Rice Lake Clinic and that should be seamless for you. So like, but behind the scenes, that's having the right electronic health records, the right billing systems, having everything in the cloud. Thank you, Genesis. You're I was going to say, insert ad for Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> so like, those are the things that like, when you talk about scaling and that's just, that, that's just on the technology side, but then there's the systems and procedure side of like having it be, across both the clinics, if they stop in, but it's their 12th visit and they're due for a scan, having it be like, oh, you've gotten a scan in Cumberland, but you're in Rice Lake today, we can do the scan here and it's going to be the same and you're going to understand your results the same. And even if you want your report of findings back in Cumberland, it's going to be the same because our two docs know how we communicate these things. Like as you get bigger and you have more people, it starts to be about giving and not that every person has to say the same lines. Like I'm not a big scripty person, but like that it, it has to be congruent. It has it to, needs to be congruent. Message. It has to feel the same. Yeah. And you yeah. don't want, and I know some people have different opinions on this, but in our clinic, it's always been like, if Lauren is gone and you're seeing Jess or if Jess is gone and you're seeing Lauren, well, you may have a slight preference in style. What we don't want is a big proportion of patients going, I never want Jess right. or I never want Lauren. Like, so there's, those are systems they, from adjusting to how we greet people, to how we answer the phone, to how files are moved around, to how our scans go. Like 
that takes a lot of work as you get more people involved. Yeah. I think there's just, what happens with growth is you're always just so forward focused. Mm -hmm. Like you're bringing on another doctor because you need one. You're bringing on another CA because you need one. You're opening a location because you, and like, there isn't this point where you stop and go, hold up, let's look back. And is this system what we want to continue doing? Like now's a great opportunity for change. Like we don't, you don't do that. So yeah, no, just, no one, no one goes like, you know what? Let's slow everything down for a minute. Yeah. Tear something growing, that we've been doing to the ground. Yeah. If you're growing, growing is not scaling, but so mm. many people think that growing is scaling. And it's like, almost like you need stalling or regression to wake you up mm -hmm. that you need proper systems to truly scale. Mm -hmm. Oh, one other point I wanted to make about this too, that it's one that we're kind of going through now is thinking about what you want to grow. So like, if you're looking at it as like revenue, profit, whatever, if we wanted to go from a million dollar clinic to a $2 million clinic, it is not by, I don't, in, at least in my mind, the easier path is not to double our locations, double our employees, <sighs> double our amount of patients. No, but I, but it took us getting to a certain size before that was the case. Yeah. Realizing like, do I want to be managing 15 employees and having to hire more employees to manage those employees? And where's our profitability in that? Right. So like realizing that it goes back to the, the profitability thing from mistake two of like, oh, if we were going to grow to 2 million, it would be through different outside treatments. It would be through renting space out. to people. It would be yeah. through raising prices. It would be through better education and packaging. Like it is not because especially in a small town, like we would be, you know, treating a quarter of the town if we don't. So, so, so yeah. Okay. Next. Uh, this one is not purely chiropractic, but somewhat that ties in with our clinic, um, not having a coherent investment philosophy. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really funny because we made these and then I like forgot. I'm like, yeah, what's the next one? Oh, that is good. Yeah. That is Who good. thought of that? That's Me? good. We 15 did 15 minutes that ago? Yeah. I think one thing that we had from the start, or at least I did, was so like I was trained in finance, but like not personal finance, but I knew enough about it. And I was thinking the classic like, you know, I, I work for a corporation. I put money into my 401k. Like I'm and doing a good job. we both came from generations where that's what you did. You, you worked, you put money away to your retirement and then you retired. And I thought and at the rich beginning, people like, did investing. Yeah. Like I thought like we're, we're savvy at the beginning, like right from the beginning we had was the beginning was SEP IRA, I think is the one where you have like only yourself or like one or two employees. So we had like a SEP IRA from day one. We're maxing it out, putting money away, doing a good job. I still had a corporate or a consulting job where I could establish my own IRA. We were doing all of that and thought like we're saving on taxes, we're investing, we're doing good. One, glad we did that. We have a nice chunk in there. That's great. But we weren't being sophisticated. I, I think, yeah, like you said, we had the mindset of like, once we have so much money, that there's like tons of extra money, then we'll invest in other things. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, we kind of lucked slash were forced into things of like, we didn't build our own building until we were in a building that costs like, like 2,700, 3,000 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to do the math and go, oh, if we built our own building, 
our mortgage payment on a very nice building would only be $2,500. Okay, that one makes sense now. Like we could have been investing a lot earlier than that. Um, same thing with our other clinic building. The owner said, I'm going to sell it. And so like you'll either have a new landlord or they'll kick you out or whatever. So then we figure out the numbers and turns out that what we're paying in rent is exactly what we pay in a mortgage for it. So we did that. And then the Airbnb thing was it's there's a whole episode there's a song thing, but yeah, I wouldn't do the same. But I mean that was that was a mix of smart finance and personal wants and needs. Mm -hmm. So like that wasn't the most sound financial decision, but like we weren't doing the little things and just turning our mindset a little bit to like we we still don't have a ton of free cash floating around because of all of these other investments that we've made in buildings, but. Having the mindset of like, I'm looking for something to invest. I'm looking for something that's going to generate positive cash flow. Mm -hmm. The fact that we've sat down and talked about what our plan is for the next 10 years, and it involves us having some passive income. All of a sudden, when you start talking about these things and mentioning them, your buddy calls you up and says, do you want to get 15K in on this real estate lending deal? And... I don't know where that was before, but it seemed like once we started turning our mindset to that. I also think we were in our 20s, babe. So our friends weren't doing that. But I mean, some I, of them were. Yeah, I just some don't of think them they were. thought we were no, in the conversation. I yet. think that, um, I think the biggest takeaway here is that we thought that we needed to be making, like, I don't know how much money we thought we needed to be making before we started investing. And we weren't smart about like percents. So like, yeah, like percent, like, okay. So yeah, I'm going to say this Ramsey as a dumb person and then Kirby's going to say it as a smart person. Okay. Basically the market, whatever that is, I'm just joking. You can get six to 8% pretty easily on your money. So anything that you have debt that the interest is like higher than 6% probably want to like limit that like get that down. But anything that you've got an interest rate of less than 6%, this is money that you don't necessarily, this is not financial advice, uh, that isn't necessarily beneficial to pay off aggressively because the money you're using, like the extra money you're using to pay off a 3% loan, you could be investing. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like when that clicked, it was like, oh, Okay, well, that's a loan at four percent. So, like, that's like, a, like a a locked in loan at four percent for the next like fifteen years. Hello, inflation. Like, I don't want to pay that off at all. Like, when your brain started like doing that thing, you're like, oh, debt is not all equal. Yeah. So I went through a whole phase where I was like, I want to be fully free financially. Like, I want no debt. Uh, we paid off student loans, which actually was a good idea just because income-based repayment, we make too much that eventually they would have gotten That's all their good. money. Unless I was really good at hiding money like I am now. That's um, <laughs> a talk for another day. You got to be in the course to get that shit. Uh, but no, so like I, I, when the only debt we had was like a car payment and our house payment and we got rid of the student loans, I was like, let's tackle the next one now. So we started aggressively paying off the house. And then I slowed down when we bought the buildings just because we didn't have as much cash flow or whatever. But like we paid, we have a 30-year mortgage that started 10 years ago. And we could we could pay it off in the next few months 
if we wanted to because it's so low now. But that interest rate that we locked into was 2.5%. Oh. And it hurts my heart it's to go like, to there's, there's probably probably 60 or 70 grand that could have been invested in something that's appreciating at 10% per year. Like we could have, I hope people are following this. Like I know a lot of people are, but like the, those that are like 25, like I hope, cause this is for you. <laughs> and then even, even when you go like, well, you have that equity, like take out a home equity line. Well, now the interest rates are high. So if you take out a HELOC on the equity we have in our house, it's going to be at seven or eight percent. So the fun's not there anymore. You it's know, not fun anymore. It's not fun. So, so getting smart. We paid off our debts too much. Getting smart with your money sooner than you think you should be. Yeah, and and to that point of like having an investment philosophy, talking about like what you what you do and don't invest in, what kind of risk you are and aren't comfortable talking as a couple, because there's always going to be things that pop up. You're going to hear about a crypto coin that like. If people are becoming millionaires. By the time you heard about it, if people have already become millionaires, you're usually too late unless it's one of the big dogs and you're willing to throw a lot of money at it. So like, don't go buy Doge now. Um, buy it eight years ago, four years ago. Um, he just like is like inside his head, like dropping like these little jokes and everyone's like, okay, what's Doge? What? No. <laughs> all, um, all of your people would be laughing right now, honey. But these are my people. Anyway, um, <laughs> so talking with your spouse and knowing what you do and you don't do uh, in terms of investments. So like if you say like, we want to look at investment properties, but we want to have them be either passive income or semi-passive, we're only going to look at rental homes that already have a property manager or apartment buildings that already have a property manager or are already 75% full. As you start to look at your investments, you'll go, Okay, I'm comfortable with that, not comfortable with that, because when those opportunities do come, you want to have something to reference back to and go like, this is a definite green light, we need to act fast, and we already talked about this, or like it's a yellow light of like, let's think about how this balances against other things we have going on or other things we're saving for. Mm -hmm. We just never, we're just living life as it came. Yeah, um, but which similar way to the way we were running our practice. Yeah. But I think it's across the board. Like people are just freaking busy. Yeah. So we didn't sit down and have this point where it was like, whoa, what? Like you just don't stop in life. You know, it was mm -hmm. just, just had a baby in there and had another baby in there. And they're great babies. They are. I need to have an episode on like tween girls. Like, cause I don't bring out a tween girl expert. No, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I think it's great. <laughs> like, because ugh, it's so funny. Side note, you know, we've just been putting all of this effort into so like, last, this is 13 years, right? So we just passed our 13 year in practice last December. And like all of this stuff has happened. And I am, I am like, I'm not an idiot. I would always put like, all right, where are your priorities? I would say, I would, I would say family. But like when then you go like, all right, but what is what is actual like my career and I put my in front of there, like, mm. you know, intentionally, not subconscious, like, no, I put myself, not us and like what the, the build, things we built. But like from the moment I found out I was having a girl like that was that was everything, you know, so it was like, yeah, 
But, and then, so to see, like, you get to see the best version of me, kid. Like I have been trying to protect you from my workaholism and like past generations trauma. And like, I'm not going to be a narcissist and like protecting my emotions from her and like letting her know all these things. And then she's about to be 12 and she still just thinks I'm a jackass. And I'm just like, but she loves me. I know she loves me, but like, you're just like, damn it. It just puts everything in perspective of like, I have tried so hard at this thing. Like I've tried harder at this than anything else. And it's still like, oh, well, not good enough. (laughs) Right. Isn't that great though? It reminds you that like- Isn't that great? No. Were you listening? It's terrible. (laughs) This is more the Jocko will good, but like good. Now you know where she is and what she needs. And you know that it's it's not what I want. Mm. Like, and I get, I get it. I'm duh here. Yeah. But it's just like, (laughs) like, it's the type of thing where like, when we're fighting, I, I don't yell at her at all. Like, I'm just like eating all of my stuff inside and just being like, yeah, mm -hmm, controlling. Like, and I can go spew to you afterwards, but like, and she's just like, I need time. And I'm just like, I need to process this. Like, I need us to talk this out right now. I need to, like, I cannot. And like, and so it's, uh, there's so many mistakes, so many mistakes in both career. But, but, like, but like, that's, that's where it's good. Cause like you're doing so much work, but I mean, it'd be like, if you were training for something and you were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the Boston marathon. And then you worked really hard as best you could in your free time for 12 years and then you saw what it takes to win the Boston Marathon and then you can either reset your priorities or if you go no I'm going to win the Boston Marathon you know that you have to change your life and be different are you saying I need to reset my priorities and like that her and I won't necessarily stay close through tween and teenage years no I think you can stay close the host in me really needs to tie this into like our what the hell like this road i'm like oh yeah this this relates because it's a mistake that i've made in parenting uh insert no i i think it i think it ties to to practice too because i think people set and we talked about it actually in the last one of like how you define success so if you're like i'm going to be the person she always comes to the person that she absolutely looks up to in every situation that she never questions that she appreciates how soft and and gentle and subtle I am. And you're trying to do all those things. And then you realize what that's going to take. And it's more than you're capable of or willing to give, or it's outside of your wheelhouse or whatever, then you reset your priorities in the same way that if you say like, I want to see 1500 people a week, and then you get to 700 and you go, no, I don't not like this. Mm -hmm. And then you either change your goal or you change how you go about your goal. Yeah. And I think that, um, way to tie it in. Good job. Good job. Uh, I think that that's kind of what I've gone through, you know, the last few months with her is, well, honestly, the last 12 years, like of just being like, I am going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to hold this back. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this like presentation of what, like a good mom, an emotionally intelligent mom should be and will be and then as I don't want to say it's not good enough to her like the poor thing would like her heart would break if she heard this conversation because like she loves both of us so much and she's so proud of me and I know that but like 
when I'm starting to see like, oh, I did all this. And like, it still was like, I'm still getting the same shit that every other mom gets. Like, okay, I can't do more. And so we're just starting, her and I starting to have conversations around like, I love you, but I have, I'm going to continue to be the best mom. And I'm doing it because I want to be the best mom, not because I think that's the mom you'll like. And like, I just need... I'm going to be me and you and I have different personalities. Like she's like, she literally said, like, I just feel like you're uptight all the time. <laughs> I am. I am. Well, and to, to tie it back into episode and stuff too of, I think that's one of the things you talked about in the last one of like trying to let go of ego and outcomes with patients. Mm -hmm. Like I think you have done and still do sometimes of like that person left. I gave them a discount. Mm -hmm. I let them come at 430 on a Tuesday when I was already busy, I did this. I like suspended their payments when their husband lost their job and then mm -hmm. they still left. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who were you doing that for? Mm -hmm. Were you actually doing it for them or were you doing it so that they would give you approval? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like talk about letting go of the ego. Like if you're going to give and give generously and love and love generously, love usually doesn't come with expectations and strings tied. You're a wise, wise little Buddha. Covered in hair. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You want number five? Yes. Final one. That was a number 4B, by the way. 4B. That was totally <laughs> planned. You you pre-warned the, the audience. Your well, ADHD is strong today. What's funny is while you were talking about investment stuff, because I got bored, I was starting to think about like, all right, we are going to Costco this afternoon, right? Is that happening? Yeah. As long as the official? girls are cool with it when they get off the bus. Okay. It's official because like my brain is starting to go like, I want to go to Costco. Five. Five was stepping out instead of leveling up. Mm. You know what? This is going to be one of those ones that like another four years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, oh, that was cute. That was cute that we talked about it. And I think we're learning it as we go too. of like, I think yeah. if you would have asked like two years ago, we would have said like, you're doing great. You're getting more CEO time. You have podcast time. You're in the clinic less. We're doing great. Until we realized, like, I think part of it was we had a good setup and good people. And then certain people left, certain people came. And it's like, was the system good? Were we good CEO, CFO? Or did we come up with the right people at the right time, train the right people at the right time? And then we were like, and now, like, let her, let her run. This is going to sound really heartless. But, like, I don't necessarily, I didn't, like, workshop this. Kirby's very used to this. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I think that there is the first level of thinking about stepping up as a leader. You go to like systems of like KPIs and I'm not going to be here and what's going to happen when I'm not here and how do the things not fall through the cracks? And I think that that like that is you need to take that. That is probably a very good first step. Because if you're not in the clinic, just making sure that people's priorities, you know, someone's focused on the things um, mm. while you're not there. So you can just, you know, simply get a report and be like, oh, great, good. Things are going well in numbers standpoint. But I think in the last year and a half, let's see, it's February 2024, yeah, year and a half, two years, maybe max. I started to care about my employees. And like, that's the thing where, listen. You cared about our employees. You didn't focus on their 
You're going to try and save me here. But like. You loved Katie. I liked our employees. There's a difference between liking as a person and caring as a leader. Mm -hmm. So like I liked slash cared for the people as like people kind of like, but like I definitely liked them. Mm -hmm. But like there's this next level of being invested in their lives that this is a two-way street. Yeah. So like, I of course liked Dr. Katie. I loved Dr. Katie, but like, was she more than, in addition to like, yeah, I like her. Was she more, was that a relationship that was two ways? Like, was mm. I pouring into her as much Did you as understand asking like of her? what her real yeah. life goals were right. inside like, and thinking outside about, the Like thinking about like an employee as like an individual that has their own dreams and career aspirations and like really thinking, how can I be a part of that and help that happen? Like, it might just be that I'm a crazy Enneagram three, whatever, insert, whatever. Like some people probably like Kirby, you probably cannot relate to this even remotely, but when you're such a driven, like achiever mindset where you're just like this, 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 and onto the next. And like, it's people can be collateral damage. They really, Mm -hmm. really can. Like if you're not on, if you're not an A player, then blah, like it's very easy to be like, this is my mission and you should this. And so, so it was just, it was that next level of leadership of just going like, oh, part of getting you to care about, like, I need you to care about what we're building here. And in order for you to fully care, like there's so much anti-boss speech on social media right now. Yeah, It is insane how just like the boss is always the a-hole, like always just like they're always this and always. And so just leaning into how you help guide someone through their life, how, and like, maybe it is because I'm older now, like Katie and I weren't that different in age. And now like my associates, I'm like 10 years older than them. And it's like, what does mentorship look like? And, mm-hmm. that, you know, I was, when I was 28, I wasn't mentoring a 25 year old. I wasn't thinking about it that way. And I think that yeah. was a huge difference. So I think part just- of what goes with that too, is some of the, I think we referenced it a little earlier too, is people don't mind working for someone who makes money, but they want to know why. So like, in addition to caring about what's going on with them, having a compelling vision is part of the leadership thing that I think we're stepping into more of. It's not just like make a million dollars. We'll take you to Mexico. Like that's great. And that will inspire people. You want to understand what drives them, but like really getting people on board with here's how we're going to help the people who walk in this door. We care so deeply about I want you to pay attention to, I want you to get testimonials because it helps with marketing, but I want you to get testimonials because you had a conversation with someone about how you changed their life. The work you do is important. This is so cool that we get to do this. And if we make more, we're going to invest more in the community. We're going to bring in other stuff that can help people more. And if we're making more, it means we're helping more people. Mm -hmm. Like getting 
getting that through to people. And I think that kind of circles all the way back to one part of hiring an A player, at least in our experience, is we've needed to find people who at least already kind of got the mission of chiropractic because hiring someone who's just good with numbers, who's never been to a chiropractor, who went a couple of times, like it's, it's hard. And I don't know if that's our failure in training or our failure in not screening, but like, I it's think really as the owner is always our the mission of what you're doing. If they're like, yeah, I guess it helps. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so there we go. We did there's, it. Five more mistakes it. and a couple sub bullet mistakes. <laughs> and our Costco grocery list. No. Congrats on making it to 250. That's a lot of work. Oh my gosh. Oh, you Proud should have had how many downloads we're at. Oh, we've switched platforms so many times. I, I have know. a ballpark, but well, I'll, I'll get it dialed in for you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. She Slayers. Thank you so much um, for like, if I was scrolling back for something the other day. There is so many good episodes. Like we've covered so many amazing topics. So like if you are new ish, don't be afraid to go back and just like, so it kind of depends. Some people like bounce around um, and some people are like purgers. Like, don't be afraid to just go back to one and just listen all the way through because there's some damn good ones. If you want. Wait, did you say purgers? Don't you mean bingers? Yeah. Wouldn't purging be throwing up all the episodes? <laughs> this is consuming them. You know, I do just fine without you. <laughs> Most, <laughs> whatever. Yes, binging is what I meant to say, not purging, whatever. Um, now you lost my train of thought, Kirby. Great episodes. Go back, find ones that are awesome. Look for big names, look for subjects. There's just listen all the way through. They're all good. Oh, yeah. it's not. There's like two or three that I'm like, yeah, skip that one. Guess which ones? <laughs> yeah. No, don't. Don't send me which ones you think. Because if you're wrong, so you'll funny. break like, my heart. Is it episode 72? That was a real sticker. I have no idea. No, what episode I'm 72 is. no so don't guess. Don't guess. All right, she slayers. Thank you so much for being on this journey. Thanks for listening to this episode. Kirby, you are a great non-doctor co-host. Thank you. Love you. Until next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers. If you're like me, your health matters, but life can get in the way. I completely get it. Meet Sunlight and Saunas, which is a game changer for your health. We used to put off getting an infrared sauna in my family and thinking it was going to be too pricey and complicated. But here's the deal. America needs to catch up on the whole sweating and detox routine. Infrared saunas do wonders for the immune system, detoxing, aging, sleep, and muscle recovery. And as a chiropractor, I've seen it help regulate nervous systems and patients in between their adjustments. So in 2023, my husband and I got serious about nervous system regulation, and he dove into cold plunges. I tried it, not going to lie, didn't like it at all. I would rather spend 20 minutes in a cozy sauna than two minutes in ice water. So after tons of research, I chose sunlight and saunas for our home. We have the Amplify 2 in Basswood, and it is perfect. The goal is to bring this into our clinics in 2024 as well, expanding patient health journeys without more manpower and, of course, bringing in some more revenue. 
For She Slays listeners, snag up to $600 off Asana. And here's the bonus. It stacks on top of any Sunlighten discount that they also have going. Just go to get.sunlighten.com forward slash she slays or hit the link below to request your pricing guide. And fellow chiropractors, practice what you preach, invest in your health. Now let's get back to today's episode. When I ask other chiropractors what three things they need in order to be a successful practice, they say a table, an EHR, and an insight scanning system. I know for me, using scanning technologies was a game changer for my clinic. Once I started scanning, I had a clearer picture of a patient's health status and the ability to measure their progress over time. With the insight, I moved from just trying to treat symptoms to real care plans, and I could actually get patients to understand and sign on. CLA has made it easier than ever to get into scanning. They have affordable financing options and easy-to-use education tools that make scanning a no-brainer. So here's my theory. If you get an insight and then set aside seven minutes a day for seven days using CLA's online video training, you'll be communicating chiropractic with newfound confidence and certainty within a week. And a major bonus, you'll be able to amplify your social media presence by including neurological scan views and success stories that will attract a ton of patients and their families who are searching for the expert to manage their health and performance. If this sounds like something you'd like to know more about, go to insightcla.com forward slash she slays. You'll find lots of great information about scanning while reviewing the she slays preferred pricing deals. Yeah, I got you a deal. They'll also send you your free getting into scanning guide that includes a snapshot of CLA's training resources. 